Hi, this is Allison Sheridan of the NoSilicast podcast, hosted at podfeed.com, a technology geek podcast with an ever-so-slight Apple bias. Today is Sunday, February 27th, 2022, and this is show number 877. I'd like to give a big shout out to my granddaughter will be two years old tomorrow. Happy birthday, Kennedy. In this week's episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond Light, Cheyenne Swenson joins us to tell us about her new electric vehicle, the Kia EV6. Cheyenne explains how she calls it a spaceship because it's got two 12-inch wide aspect ratio displays and because of how different it is to drive from any car she's ever owned. We talk about how she chose this particular EV and why she went electric in the first place. She explains the two screens and what information goes where and why, and also holds it over me that her car actually has dedicated dials for temperature in the radio. Anyway, we talked about the backup cameras, how well the cruise control with lane steering works, and how weird the door handles are. Cheyenne is an absolute joy to talk to. She's funny and she's well-informed at the same time. I really hope you give it a listen. If you subscribe to the Chit Chat Light feed, everything should be fine, but if you subscribe to the main Chit Chat feed, you may hear bad audio levels. I kind of fat-fingered which file I put up originally, and I changed it like within seconds, but the podcatchers are too fast and they download almost immediately. So uh, if it sounds funny at all in the main feed, just immediately just delete that episode and re-download and you'll be fine. And you'll hear uh, Cheyenne's dulcet tones along with me. Well, I've recorded another Screencast Online tutorial all about a tool called Photomagico. If you've got a special moment to commemorate, there's, there's really nothing more compelling than a well-done slideshow with music time to, you know, pull at the heartstrings. Maybe it's celebrating the birthday of a beloved aunt or commemorating a season of Little League. I did one like that once and brought the coaches to their knees. Uh, maybe it's capturing your family vacation. Any of those, a slideshow can bring tears of joy if done well. There may even be business-related uses for a good slideshow, from advertising to marketing of your company's products. Now, if you're highly skilled and very, very patient, you can create an artistic slideshow with tools like iMovie or Final Cut Pro 10. But these tools aren't designed to create slideshows, so you have to do a lot of the heavy lifting to do even some of the most basic functions of a good slideshow. Well, in the tutorial I did for Photomagico from Boinks, I explained that it's an app for iPad and Mac designed just for making slideshow. Now, I like to think of this as an app as being pretty much for everyone because it's very easy to drop in a series of photos, add some music and titles, and publish a pretty neat slideshow with just the defaults from the application. But as you get to dig into Photomagico, you'll realize that it's highly capable with many features that I was only barely able to touch on in this tutorial. I mean, it's just so expansive. Now, Photomagico is a subscription service at $8 a month, but since it's in the Mac App Store and the iOS App Store, you can turn your subscription on and off month to month. So if you've got a big event coming up, eight bucks to create a spectacular slideshow for that one special event is a very small price to pay and will take you far less time than any other tool. So I put a teaser video in the show notes to give you a taste of what I'm going to teach, and it's long enough that you can see how easy it is to make a slideshow with just the default settings. Now, if you're not already subscribed to Screencast Online, you can watch all of the available videos during a free seven-day trial. So I put a link in the show notes to the teaser video, but you can, if you're already in Screencast Online, you could go to screencastonline.com and check it out. iMacs have spectacular screens, especially the 5K iMac. Like all Macs, they seem to last a very, very long time. Sometimes, though, the desire for a new Mac is normally well before the end of the useful life of an iMac. There's a lot of people who wish they could repurpose aging iMacs as a secondary display, but iMacs newer than mid-2014 don't support what Apple used to give us called target display mode. I've never understood why Apple doesn't let us have target display mode on the newer iMacs, and it's really a shame. Now, if Apple made a display that didn't cost $5,000, we'd probably not be so sad about this, but other than the LG 5K Ultrafine, which is a great display, we have literally no other options as good as the 27-inch 5K iMac. This is so frustrating to those who have a gorgeous 27-inch display sitting in the closet trapped in the body of an older iMac. Now, lovers of the 27-inch iMac are also very impatient right now because we've got so many other models of Macs that run circles around it with their sexy Apple Silicon processors and unified memory architecture. They want an Apple Silicon 27-inch iMac, and they want it now. 
Now, I feel their pain because Steve is one of those people itching for an Apple Silicon 27-inch iMac. I don't feel too sorry for him since he already has a 14-inch M1 Max MacBook Pro. Here's the interesting thing, though. With a 27-inch LG ultrafine display hooked to his five-year-old iMac, he finds that a better machine to work with most of the time than his wicked-fast MacBook Pro. All these gorgeous high-resolution pixels are actually more compelling than the speed of the machine. Now, I get that, but I also think it would make more sense to use the more capable Mac for our live show. The demands on his machine are really high as he ingests two video feeds from me across our internal network, combines that with his video feed, and pushes all of that up to YouTube. The five-year-old Intel i9 iMac can do the job, but boy howdy does it complain with super loud fans when he's doing the show. Now, there's a solution to all of this, and I think it could be applicable to a lot of you out there, even if you don't have Steve's exact setup. In 2018, I told you about a $130 chiclet-sized USB-C dongle called the Luna Display from Astropad. It allowed you to plug it into your Mac, and then you could drive your iPad as a secondary display using some software on both devices. Back then, it was pretty darn cool, but it got somewhat Sherlocked when Apple came out with Sidecar. Now, I still like the Luna Display solution better than Sidecar because you get the entire screen instead of that weird truncated display you get with buttons on the side of it for Sidecar. But, you know, Sidecar being free made it pretty compelling. Now, the great news is that the folks at Astropad have been working on new software to give us amazing capability with Luna Display. You can now use a second Mac as a display for your Mac or for a PC. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but I've tested it extensively on Macs, and it's pretty magical. To perform this miracle of engineering, you install the primary Luna Display app on your primary Mac or PC, and then you'll install what they call the secondary Luna Display app on the Mac that will be just a display. Now, to be clear, either a Mac or PC can be the primary host machine, but only a Mac or an iPad can be the secondary display. Luna Display can drive a secondary Mac using Wi-Fi, but that really isn't going to give you the performance you need. To get the best results, you'll want to connect to the secondary Mac using a Thunderbolt cable. I tested using Thunderbolt from my MacBook Pro to the dock Steve uses for his iMac and LG Display, hoping to drive both of them that way, but cursor movement was jumpy and weird and scrolling wasn't as clear as we would have liked. You also do have the option of running Luna Display over Ethernet, but I didn't really have a way to test that easily. With Luna Display Primary running on the host machine and Luna Display Secondary running on the secondary Mac and Thunderbolt connection made to both uh, or to the other Mac, after doing the permissions dance you always have to do with this sort of thing, you should see your primary machine displaying to the secondary Mac. You'll also see a, unit, a Luna Display settings window with options for arrangement and retina resolution. Now, arrangement gives you two very basic options, one showing the secondary Mac on the left and one on the right. If that works for you, great, you're ready to go. You can also hit the third button that says custom and that launches the display's preference pane that you're used to seeing. From there, you can arrange the screens as you would with any secondary display. I'm not sure what it launches on Windows if you do this. So from here on out in my discussion, I'm just gonna stick to describing the Mac menus because I don't actually own a Windows machine to test this on. Now, by default, Retina resolution is not enabled, but hopefully I've convinced you to use Thunderbolt so there's no reason not to get the full resolution of whatever Mac you use as a secondary display. In my tests using a 14-inch MacBook Pro connected to Steve's 2017 27-inch iMac, the iMac's display looked absolutely perfect using Luna Display to drive it. Scrolling is smooth, the text is gorgeous, and the cursor movement is nearly perfect. I say nearly because Steve says he feels some very small lag, but I don't know, I couldn't feel it at all. Now, when you start up Luna Display in this mode for the first time, the app will pop up a window suggesting you allow the secondary Mac's keyboard to play along as well. As they say in the explanation, it's pretty neat. (laughs) I thought that was funny. Anyway, I have to agree though, it is pretty neat. Steve has an external Magic Keyboard and trackpad, and when we allowed keyboard input, we were able to use it to drive the MacBook Pro. It was pretty neat, but it was also kind of freaky. The ultimate test was to also connect his LG 5K display to the MacBook Pro in addition to the iMac. I can report that using uh, all direct Thunderbolt connections, the 14-inch MacBook Pro was able to drive the iMac Luna display and the LG both at full 5K resolution. 
Now, while I was doing my testing, Barry Folk happened to visit. I mentioned that I was working on a review of the new Mac-to-Mac capability of Luna Display, and he immediately endorsed it. Turns out, when he's working from home, he uses Luna Display to drive his iMac screen from his M1 MacBook Pro. His his computers are right next to his router, so he connects both the primary and secondary computers to Ethernet, and he says the performance is also flawless. How's that for an endorsement? Now, I can think of a lot of combinations that could work really well. What if you've got a new M1 Mac Mini and you wanted to drive a 27-inch iMac? You could do that. Or what if you've got a new laptop and an older Mac laptop? I tested that configuration as well. I set up my 2016 15-inch Intel MacBook Pro as a secondary display to my 2020 14-inch MacBook Pro. And I did it uh, using Thunderbolt, of course, and it worked perfectly. I do have one caution, though. If you run a configuration like this, so one Mac with a secondary Mac uh, laptop uh, being plugged into it, if you run that configuration without plugging into power, the primary Mac will actually drain the battery of the second Mac laptop. Now, you might not even notice this is happening. Since the secondary Mac laptop is acting as a screen for the primary Mac, the battery indicator you have showing in the menu bar is for the primary Mac, not the secondary Mac. Now, the folks at Astropad obviously realize this because on the Luna Display app screen, it tells you in very light gray text the battery level of the secondary Mac. So you might want to keep an eye on this, especially since an older Mac laptop you're repurposing might have not have the best battery life. In my test, the secondary Mac drained from 100% to 49% before I noticed it, and my primary Mac had gone from 80% to 84%. Now let's take a walk through some of the more interesting preferences for Luna Display. On the Connectivity tab, there's a section entitled Wi-Fi Connection Mode. When I first fired up Luna Display, it had defaulted to Office Mode. In this mode, pairing must be via a hardwired connection or using what they call manual Wi-Fi. The idea is that if you're in an office setting where multiple people are running Luna Display, you don't want devices connecting to each other willy-nilly over Wi-Fi without explicit permission by the secondary device. In manual Wi-Fi mode, when you launch Luna Display on both devices, you get a screen on each device showing a QR code on the secondary device and a place to enter the IP address of the host machine. If your secondary device is an iPad, you can easily scan that QR code with the iPad's camera, but it's a wee bit tricky with the secondary Mac, so you would want to just type it in. Now, if you're not in a a multi-Luna display environment, it's probably easier to switch over to home mode where any device can request to connect to another device. As I said earlier, a Thunderbolt connection is ideal, but if you need to go with Wi-Fi mode, this does work as well. In the next tab, creatively named Luna Display, so we're in Luna Display looking at the Luna Display preferences, and this tab is called Luna Display, you can choose whether or not to automatically open the Luna Display app when you insert the physical device. That's the way I keep it set. You can also choose the default position left or right of the primary computer and the secondary display. I highly recommend paying attention to this setting. I didn't at first, and it was very head-bendy to have to run my cursor to the far left to get to the computer to the right in order to flip the relative positions each time. In this same tab, there's a setting for max resolution and max refresh rate. The maximum resolution can be set to 5K, 4K, or automatic, and the maximum refresh rate can be 60Hz, 45Hz, 30Hz, or automatic. I played around with these settings, and to be honest, I never saw a difference, so I put them all back to automatic on both. In the Mac to iPad preference, you could set the iPad to be in teleprompter mode. I haven't ever used this any kind of teleprompter, but my understanding is that it's all done with mirrors. So in order to make the display oriented correctly for the reader, the iPad's display needs to be flipped upside down, and that's exactly what teleprompter mode does in Luna Display. In the Mac to Mac preferences, you can set different ways to connect the two computers. The default is to allow any network interface, but you can force it to Wi-Fi only, Ethernet only, computer to computer or plugged into your router, or Thunderbolt only. If you hold down the option key when you open up Luna Display Preferences, you get a debug menu and you get even geekier controls. There are some even more advanced settings you can play around with if you like. You can control the GPU acceleration by choosing Metal, OpenCL, or CPU. You can change the liquid engine version between V2 and V3. I have no clue what that even is. So the bottom line is that if you've got an older Mac with a perfectly good screen and you need a secondary display, I think AstroPad is a pretty solid way to give that older machine a new lease on life. $130 sound expensive when Luna Display worked only on the iPad and you could use Sidecar for free, 
But if you can have a 5K display for your new Apple Silicon Mac, it could actually save you money to buy an AstroPad. I love that existing Luna display owners, like me, get all this great capability without paying an extra dime. So I didn't have to buy a new Luna display, I got to use the one I've had for years. And I'm happy to report that I am doing the live show at this moment with Steve. Steve has drive every, everything from his MacBook Pro, and he has the iMac as his first primary display, or secondary display, and he's also using the 5K LG as a secondary display, tertiary display. And he says that it's working great. And you know, he would tell me if it didn't. Last week, I explained the enormous amount of work that Bart and William Reveal and I had done to speed up podfeet.com. Turns out we're not out of the woods yet, but and more huge changes are coming. With any luck, you will only notice things getting faster, nothing catastrophic. But if you check podfeet.com and it's down for a few minutes, that's why. We are messing with it big time. Now, I want to wait to describe to you everything we did since the last time we talked, because I want to wait until I know how the story ends. Uh, Otherwise, it's just a continuing saga. But I can say that William has put in a ton more hours on the problem. We're having fun, and we're doing all kinds of cool things, but there's a lot more heavy lifting to be done. The site is, like I said, mostly faster, but it's not as fast as we think it can be. We've got some interesting little security things to tighten up. With any luck, we're going to get it going even faster. Now, when I finished this conversation about the the website last week, I told you that I'd had to rent a database server and increase the cost of the web server in order to start attacking the slowdown problem. I asked if people could pitch in to help pay for the cost, and my plea for help was heard. Chris E. became our newest patron, contributing in his home currency of pounds. Frank Voss, who is an existing patron, increased his pledge from what he was already giving. And Klaus Wolf, who is another long-term patron, decided to simply pay for this month's entire increase in server costs and a PayPal donation. So, you know, how cool are these folks to help the show out like that? Now, it turns out it's not enough yet to help pay for the future months So, it, of just these increases. So if you'd like to be a cool kid like Chris, Frank, and Klaus, please consider going to podfeet.com slash Patreon or podfeet.com slash PayPal and make a donation that's right for you. Well, I've asked the awesome Chris Ashley of the SMR podcast and the Barbecue and Tech podcast to come on the show to tell us about a cool new piece of tech he just bought. Thanks for coming on the show, Chris. Thank you very much for having me. One of my favorite people on earth. Happy I'm to I'm telling out. you, they don't get better than you. I put my controller down. I was deep in the new DLC for the game. And you were like, come hang out with me. And I was like, no problem. I'm there. <laughs> Oh, you're the best. You're the best. I was actually running when I was dictating to you, so I'm surprised you could even uh, you could even understand what I was saying. Hey, I just saw a bat signal come through. iPhone's pretty good about that. It just said bat signal. Need you. Got you. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Well, so um, we have to give... Do we have to give Rod any uh, credit for the new tech you have? I would say we'd give him blame for the new tech that I have, not credit. because <laughs> Costing you money? It cost me a ton of money. And uh, of course, he comes back and is like, oh, you're just buying all kinds of new tech. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you started it. <laughs> yes. but I have been a- accused of this show costing people a lot of money. So uh, I feel us. okay about it. Um, same with us. But you know what? If we make some lives happier, hey, it's all good. There you go. So uh, you bought a new monitor and you wouldn't think a new monitor would be that exciting, but you bought something really, really interesting. Uh, tell us about what you bought. So I bought the Samsung G9 49-inch monitor, and uh, this thing is absolutely amazing. And the thing is, and I'll tell people right now, I'm not the, oh, it does this refresh rate, and it does this from the uh, amount of pixels and the pixel density, and all. I don't care. Does it look good? Yes. Does it solve my problem? Yes. And that's why I bought this monitor, because it solved a problem that was cropping up for me. And uh, I, I needed to fix it. And, uh, you know, it, it was a- when I heard I heard 49 inches, though, I'm thinking I've got a TV in my bedroom that's 49 inches. That would be a ridiculous thing to be looking at. This is 49 inches. Very different from a normal aspect ratio. right? Yes, because it's curved. Um, so but not just curved. It's it's not tall. Right. It's curved. It's wide. And it's not very tall. You're right. So it's um. I, as a matter of fact, I, did, I should have put my old monitor up to it again. It might be narrower than my previous monitor, but uh, but it's it's maybe like a foot and a half from my from my seating position, and everything mm-hmm. is perfect. Like you don't strain to see anything. 
on it. Everything looks good. And it's just, it's been a really, really great addition to my lineup here. So I was I was messing around with the specs uh, when Rod first brought his mm-hmm. and arguing about all the things you don't care about, about pixel density and aspect ratios and that kind of thing. But I think what's maybe a way to describe it is it, you said on uh, SMR that it's like having two 27-inch displays. That is the Side by part. side, but all connected as one giant piece. Exactly right. So, um, what, so what happened to me? I, I, like everybody else, had the whole multi-monitor set up in my office for many years. I thought I was the cool guy. And then I was like, okay, I need to move my mouse between the two monitors. So I started using mouse without borders. And uh, then I started adding more computers to the setup because, of course, I record the podcast in, in my office. So I now needed a KVM switch and all of the stuff to make the two monitors work. And then after that, I was like, I don't need two monitors. I can really just use the KVM in one monitor and uh, reduce some of the devices and the clutter that was accumulating in my office. Um, so that was the for a few years, it was the perfect solution. But, you know, I think like everybody else in the tech world, we evolve, our needs evolve. And, you know, some of us just can't move, but I don't have a problem with it. I'm like, all right, this problem is, is what I thought was my uh, Mecca is no longer that. And I needed to make some adjustments. And the catalyst for that was I was working and I received a document that said, this requires your editing and you need to go through this Excel spreadsheet and go through these lines and make sure all these numbers and all these things are correct. Now, I am the worst with Excel. I hate it. If I have to open it, I really go push my (laughs) face into a wall first. And then I'll go into it. And then the worst part about this Excel spreadsheet was it was so long like the information of course the information i needed was on the far left of the app of the the spreadsheet and the far right of the spreadsheet so i was like zip 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 back and forth back and forth back and forth oh i wish i you'd call me because there's something called freeze panes so you could freeze the left plane pane and slide everything over from the right you could see them at the same time they should call it remove a pain because it was a pain <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i was like this this is madness and if i had a wider monitor it would solve my problem and of course not even a few days later, Rod's like sends me a picture of his beautiful Samsung G9. And I was like, if I had that, it would solve my problem. One of my problems. Now, the other problem was just um, doing the podcast. And I have I constantly have to switch machines and then use a secondary machine, um, you know, one to record, one to stream and all this other stuff. And I really just wanted to see everything on one on one screen. And uh, so I I used to use remote desktop, but that gets a little clunky. And uh, the great thing about this Samsung G9 is the fact that it not only does it have three inputs, but it does support picture in picture and picture by picture. Um, What's that? So the difference being picture in picture is like where the picture would sit on top of it. So you got like a smaller image sitting on top. Um, And then the picture by picture means you can have you know, one side be one computer, one side be the other computer. Oh, so it's like having two displays, but it's all in one piece of hardware. And that's the magic and the power of what I was looking for. Because during the day, you know, I may be paying a bill or something, and then I may be in a meeting. (laughs) And so, and oftentimes you get, you know, like everybody else, get caught up doing one or the other. And then somebody's messaging you on Teams and you're not seeing the messages uh, because the screen's not up. And then, of course, if I get it on my phone, okay, great. But, you know, being able to have both monitors up in a functional capacity, the fact that both sides of the screen are that 27-inch size that you mentioned, which is what I had before, it's absolutely perfect. And uh, it it just made for it where I can do my emails, do my uh, PowerPoints and all that stuff on one side. And I can have YouTube running on the other side. Fantastic uh, solution. Did I see hear you say that you don't have to have it be 50-50 either? You can do different proportions? That is correct. It, it does a lot, allow for you to set them up with different sizes when you do picture by picture. For me, it's not, not necessary. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, it does support making them different sizes, which is really cool. So, and then picture in picture, could you have your, your the the whole 40, uh, 49 inches be your work computer and then have a floating window that's your uh, your home computer? Yep, yep. You can pick and wow. choose. And that's the awesome thing about how they did it 
is you can pick and pick and choose which source is where. You know, so if I want my and this is something I'm still playing with. Do I prefer my work computer on my left side or do I prefer it on the right side? You know, home oh, computer. Okay. Uh, you know, what do I want? And the other thing that they did, very smart, is they allow you to choose the audio source for which one comes through the speaker, right? So, okay. um, so for me, it's the audio source is always uh, where my my home computer because I don't, you know, my I have a little um speaker for a, a conference speaker for for the for my work computer that's plugged in directly so i don't need any other audio other than you know hearing somebody calling me on teams or um you know executing a conference call so that that part i thought was really cool and aside from that the ability to eliminate extra cables extra setup because the kvm is super bulky and for anybody listening the kvm essentially allows you to hook up one keyboard one mouse to multiple computers but of and and as you have learned recently, the V stands for video. <laughs> I so the- never crossed my mind. I just said <laughs> KVM acronym. Who cares what it means? I know what it does. Never crossed my mind that the V stood for video until I so if you needed to if solve you had it. one if you had one display and one keyboard and one mouse, you you take a KVM, hook it to two computers, and you flip a switch, and it toggles between them. right. And that way, you don't have to have which I had at one point two keyboards and two mouse mice sitting on my desk. Um, so I can control one computer or the other and I would just rotate them, right? That that just right. makes a mess. That got old. Yeah, that got yeah. old really fast. So I was like, okay, KVM it is, problem solved. And the cool thing that I loved about the KVM was the fact that it supported USB uh, keyboard and mouse. So okay. you didn't have to have a cable running. You could just put the USB in and it worked right at boot up, which was really cool. So uh, now with the uh, with this display, you, I think you said you didn't need a KVM anymore because you didn't need the V because it's both of them. But how I'm kind of confused. How does the do you have two inputs from the two computers both plug into the back of the of the display? So so yes. Yeah. So when I got rid of the KVM, I had to solve a problem. I still had a keyboard and mouse. I still had two computers uh, that I needed to control. So there's a multiple options on how you can solve this. But what I did is I got a KM, <laughs> keyboard mouse uh, switch. And <laughs> that's when you figured out what the V was. <laughs> right, exactly right. When I saw I just saw it in the in this in the uh, description. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily your your uh, your co-host there on SMR didn't make fun of you at all oh, for not knowing what that for was. For one week. I still was hearing it. And I was like, okay, your, your time is coming. You, you know, everybody gets in the barrel. Uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And uh, my buddy, Brandon Watson, really gave it to me uh, on WhatsApp. He was just messaging me for like, you know, three hours. <laughs> it was like, oh, God. I think that's one of my favorite things about the SMR podcast is you guys give each other so much garbage. You know, everything. it's the best way to remain humble. You know, it's very, uh, it took my wife a long time to be able to understand. She's just used to people being nice around her or not nice. <laughs> She's not used to the idea of people caring about you, loving you, but absolutely destroying everything about your ego, your life. <laughs> everything you know that's why you know all of my, any of my friends you know multi-millionaires doesn't matter in my eyes you ain't nothing yeah you know? <laughs> it's just like you ain't nothing but the dude i used to you know have to beat people up for or whatever so you know it, <laughs> it's fun but uh yeah so i got the io gear uh two input uh km uh device and essentially what it did is it had a usb uh cable that plugs into the back, you know, like the big thick one that's like the uh, you find with your uh, printers. The device, yeah, I think that's USB B. The device cable. I in. believe it's B. I gotta, I would have to double check that. But that plugs into the back of the device and it goes one into each computer. Each computer then recognizes that as a keyboard and mouse, and uh, and anything else that's plugged into it because it has actually four USB C inputs that allows me to share. So it's not really just for sharing keyboard and mouse. It's actually for sharing USB devices with both computers. So I could plug in a camera. I could plug in this keyboard, the mouse. And what's what I did. I had the Logitech uh, keyboard and mouse. And I plugged them into the device. So that took up two slots. And then I plugged in a, ca- uh, a camera, a webcam. That took up a slot. And away I went. And 
at both when I hit the end, the good thing is it has like a little remote button. So instead of having to reach down and press directly on the uh, switch, I can just press put that remote button, you know, within about two or three feet and you know, which gives it plenty enough enough room. I can just sit it on my desk, just touch the button once. It immediately switches control, and all of a sudden, the mouse and keyboard is working with the other uh, the other computer. Really, really easy, you know, setup to switch computers when I need to do something on one or the other. Takes milliseconds. It looks like uh, the minions have bought out the two by four USB switch, the the uh, IO gear, but the four by four is um, is still available, and it's only let's see, sixty seven bucks. Yeah, it was not expensive at all, which is the best part about it. So, um, it the KVM, it's like a third of the size of the KVM that I had. It's significantly oh, nice. less cables because the KVM had a had a USB so that uh, USB devices could work, and the keyboard and mouse, and then it had audio cables uh, that you know the microphone l- and the speaker. Big mess. Yeah, and they're the cables are super thick. Um, so running them, it was just it, it was a mess. You know, I was able to tuck them and make them nice, but it was a lot. With this setup, the video goes directly to the monitor. And um, it uses, uh, you can use HDMI or you can use uh, DisplayPort. Uh, both carry audio. So the awesome thing about this uh, G9 is that you can run the cables directly to the G9. And then it has an audio output back to my oh. speaker. So that's a clean, much cleaner run. Um, that's just one cable comes out of the G9 into my speaker. But all the audio is coming in. So it just acts as a switch. And that would that's how I get the audio and can determine which machine the audio is is coming from just by the button. Okay, so you've got accessible buttons on what on the back on the bottom? Yeah, it's just under the bottom of the right side of the monitor. Okay. And you just go into okay. the menu real quick. Now that you know it's not perfect. You know, the monitor's not perfect because the access to hotkeys would have been awesome. Like I could double tap mm. the escape button or control something to switch monitors or switch, you know, switch, switch uh, the yeah. sources and stuff like that. You know, switch audio inputs. Something like that would have put this thing over the moon for me. And it's all, I love everything about it. It's nothing for me to reach forward and change, change the setup on under the bottom of the monitor, but it, but it just would have been nice, it right? It would have been really nice if they had done something like that. And it does support updates. So maybe one day, um, but, uh, you know, for now I, I've solved most of the issues that I have. Now, the other thing that people that I could have done, um, this Logitech keyboard and mouse has a very interesting feature that allows it to actually be paired to up to three computers. And, oh, okay. and so when you buy the keyboard, it has like a, the USB receiver, like the, so the little, little yeah, dongle little, you just plug in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And then I bought the mouse and it has the, uh, little receiver. And so what the cool thing that happened is when I installed the Logitech software for the keyboard and mouse, it actually said, hey, you've got two receivers plugged in. We can merge the keyboard and mouse onto one receiver so you can free up. It literally said you can free up that slot. Do you want to do this? And I just hit. Oh, really? Yep. I just hit yes. And I just sat there and I was like in wonderment. And uh, it said, wait (laughs) till you have access to hit the next button. I waited, hit the next button, and said, you can remove the second USB. And that's it. I'm sitting on my desk now. It actually merged them. So if I wanted to, I could take that dong- that uh, USB receiver now, plug it in the other computer, and then repair them both back to that. So, you know, so and then I would just hit, it has buttons on the middle of the keyboard, one, two, three. So when I hit one, two, you know, I could put it on basically channel two. And if I could hit two, it would switch. So I didn't even have to go that far for the keyboard and mouse, but I have other USB devices that I want to share between the two. So it's still a great option for me. But that that option is there for folks that just have a keyboard and mouse and don't need to do anything else. You know, I haven't used one of those in a long time because I haven't had two two on my desk, but that sounds like a, a terrific solution. It, Logitech just kills it on, on so keyboards. Good. They are so good. And I, I was a big Microsoft guy as far as uh, keyboards are concerned. I've always liked their ergonomic keyboards, but I like their mice. I like Microsoft yeah, mice. I like those. T- I don't well. use a mouse now, but when I buy one, I buy the Microsoft ones. But <laughs> man, funny. I'm telling you, I don't. I I think when I bought this one originally, it was just because I wanted to do something different. I wanted to try some different technology, and I was just like, yeah, you know what? I'll just uh, you know, just check out this thing. And it turned out to be a stellar, stellar 
uh, purchase for me because it really it really solved a, a bunch of problems. It's very very comfortable to use. You know, I've got giant hands, and uh, this called the Logitech uh, Ergo K860 is the keyboard. Um, and the mouse, the mouse is super interesting on this thing. It's called the Logitech MX Vertical, and essentially the it you know your natural hand position is kind of like in that handshake position you know or slightly tilted maybe you know nine o'clock and five o'clock and that's the shape of the of the mouse right so your thumb sits on you know on it Uh, it's like it's got like a nice oval oval type base but then the side of it comes up so it almost looks like a ship if you will um and so the the bottom of my pinky like the bottom of my hand rests you know along the uh my desk and it just goes straight up on that angle and it's crazy comfortable crazy comfortable to use and then you know i can just I still have access to all the buttons the uh, left key and the, the left mouse button and the right mouse button it's all right there it's really really good have you ever used a um trackpad i've never used a trackpad it sounds really stupid, right? Because the first thing you do when you get a when you get a new computer is you hook a mouse up to it, right? Because you know a new laptop because the trackpads are so annoying. Mm-hmm. But there's something about a trackpad off to the right that or left if you're left-handed that is so much better than a trackpad in the middle of a keyboard. Yeah, yeah, and that would be I, interesting. Yeah, I tried one and I I will never go back to a mouse. Yeah. I just. The, I've I haven't scrolled except you're just dragging two fingers up yeah, and down. So yeah. the I feel like when I watch somebody scroll with a regular mouse now I'm like oh carpal tunnel immediately <laughs> I'm just watching you my arm my arm hurts. Yeah, I yeah I can see myself because you know obviously I've used a trackpad on a on an actual built into a laptop but never like a right. separate trackpad. Um, but you would never think of that as something to choose because that's just like I put up with it because I'm using a laptop. Yeah. I think yeah. But uh, man, really, really happy with this, these two Logitech devices, and uh, they're super comfortable. And I, the app was just right on point; it just it set it all for me. So, you know, being able to have the multiple monitors, uh, multiple keyboards up now, I was able to you know remove a monitor. I didn't have to go back to having two monitors, which means two uh, audio um, video inputs. It also means two power cable runs. Um, you know, and then of course leaving the the uh, possibly the KVM into one and then, you know, putting something into the other, it, it just eliminated so much. And in this point of my life, I'm trying to reduce the amount of stuff that's on my desk and in my office and running uh, and in the background. And the other thing that this monitor supports is if you had one computer, but you wanted to set it up as dual monitors, you can actually do that as well from what I haven't done that. And, but uh, there is a, uh, let me explain why some people. Yeah, are, what problem does that solve? Is what my head is saying. Right. So, uh, consider doing a PowerPoint presentation, and when you go full screen or presenter mode, it would just take up the whole screen. But you uh. want to see your notes, so you know you would then put the notes on one side of the screen, on one side, or one monitor, and the presentation on the other. And in that way, okay. you can see your notes and do your presentation and be able to refer back um, right on the same screen as opposed to having to, you know, finagle it or go around or just, you know, do paper notes and stuff like that. So that's a cool option. If you're doing demos and, you know, it, it just that would make it easy where maybe you've got your script on one on one screen. Um, you could, of course, because the monitor is big enough, you could do it all in one. But, you know. In, in the event, it, it made it easier. You want no mistakes because how many times have you minimized your uh, your your presentation and like, oh, those are kids? Like, <laughs> yes, yes, they are. <laughs> so just being able to cr- create a clean screen for that and, you know, so you don't have anything to worry about in that regard. I can, you know, those are a couple of use cases off the top of my head uh, where, they, where it would come in handy. But it does support it. You can just run two cables into it and just say, you know, picture uh, picture by picture. One and two, and that's it. You're good that's to go. That's really that's an interesting idea. I find it fascinating that over time I keep thinking, okay, we don't need a monitor bigger than this. Nope, I need a bigger one. Nope, we don't need it bigger than this. Whoop, yep, I do. Uh, one of my classic stupid things I've said in my lifetime was when the 512K Mac, uh, the very, very first Macs came out with a nine inch screen. Mm. I said no one would ever need one bigger than that. <laughs> 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 oh, that was like, yeah. 
Holy yeah. beer. But uh, now I'm, yeah. yeah, now I'm sitting in front of a 32 inch and I've got a 15 inch display that I use at the same time. And sometimes I hook up my little USB-C monitor to the side because it's still not enough. It's so funny when you look at stuff like that and you're like, God, never. You know, because for me, I was like, I'm fine with just one monitor. And I really reduced it. I had two identical 27 inch uh, monitors on my desk um, and I got rid of them. I got rid of one because I just got tired of seeing them. Plus, you know, I spent a lot of time building my own desk and I wanted to reduce the amount of clutter sitting on top of it. Uh, so that was a motivating factor. Um, and this thing, it, it does support you sitting on an arm, a monitor arm. But I just oh, geez. I, I just had no <laughs> no appetite for that. I was like, no, no, you're going to sit on your own stand. No problem. That seems a little bit bananas. Um, for those who do like uh, specs and stuff, this is the 49-inch Odyssey G9. It's considered QHD, so it's 2560 by 1440. Um, it's 16.4 inches by 45 inches by 21 and a half inches. So I'm not sure which the 16 and the 21.5 is. Probably 16 is just depth under your yeah. desk. But with it, but and curved, yeah, and curved, and I, I didn't really talk too much about that, but it really does make for a comfortable viewing at such a wide monitor. Because even when I was gaming, I used to game on my fifty-inch TV. I ended up stopped doing that and going to like a smaller monitor because I felt I could feel myself working to take in the all the data that I was seeing on the screen to, you know, to be successful. Because you're not just turning your head. You actually have to slide yeah. side to side a little bit to see. And the focal length isn't the same. Right. But with this, I guess, apparently, if you were to put four of these around, you would have like the exact, <laughs> you know, shape of your eye or something like that. Uh, something they said, but it's like curved. They, they apparently they curved it based on the curvature in the, in the eye. Like what the peripheral vision, what you can see. Yeah. So, wow. so the idea was that it was completely comfortable to look at, and it really is. It's it's just a, it's amazing, and it it makes it, it makes it have a smaller footprint than you would expect it to have sitting on your desk, which is pretty cool. Um, the other thing is just when you have one monitor up or one computer hooked up, but you have a bunch of things. Like recently, I was doing some work with a NAS and copying files, and I could just shove that off to the side and really mm. have like a good size screen showing me copying files from one system to the other i have youtube videos playing in the middle and then on the right hand side i'm looking at uh new new updates for the for the game for destiny that i'm playing and it's it just but you don't feel like you're squinting or cheating any of the screens to have them all up at the same time you really got nice size screens up um in different sections and of course there's applications out there you can use to make dock docking the windows a lot easier windows has a bit of it built in so for example if i shape a screen on the right hand side and i shape a screen on the left hand side if i take another screen and kind of just shove it up the middle like all the way up and just slightly move it it'll actually automatically shape that window to fit in between Pop the in. other two screens yeah oh okay but there's a nice. uh, power i can't remember off the top of my head there's a uh, application you can install that allows you to set up different regions on the screen. And then when you pop it, it just automatically just goes to those different regions, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, there's tools. some third-party tools. Oh, it's in Power Tools. Yeah, okay. Yeah, power in, tools. Uh, on the Mac, they've, there's some third-party tools. One of them's called Moom huh? that you can tell it when I'm running these things, this is what I want it to look like. Yeah. I'm kind of an anarchy person when it comes to Windows. I, I've tried to say, okay, I'm going to keep my chat windows here. I'm going to keep this here. And within five minutes, I've just grabbed them all and I've moved them all around and, and then I've changed them again. Start overlapping everything. And it yeah. happens too. But when it, for me, it's like the most, the, the time where it benefits me the most is like yesterday. Like I said, I had the two windows up for copying stuff. Um, I had a YouTube video up and then I had some news. Uh, I have my uh, WhatsApp up on one side and uh, while I'm gaming. So I can peer over real quick, see, get the status of all three things at the same time go back to my gaming, not not miss a step at all. That I really liked about it. You know, it. part of it might be because I have a flat monitor, though. Because if I need to read something on the far left, you're going to lose my audio, but I'm like way over here trying to trying to see it, oh, you know? So I just yeah. grab it and move it to the center. Stuff I'm not looking at goes on the sides. Yeah, I, I just, you know, the... I just love everything about it. Like I said, it's sometimes you buy tech to because you just want it. But sometimes <laughs> you buy something that really solves a problem for you. And for me, 
Um, you know, I was tired of like coming into a meeting like two minutes late because, you know, I got distracted on something I was working on on my other computer. And, um, you know, but uh, again, I was still trying to make you spend three weeks building your own desk. Yeah. The idea of piling up stuff on top of it really <laughs> just, it just makes you uneasy. You want to see that gorgeous zebra exactly, wood, right? Exactly right. So, well, I have the wormy maple, but yes, Rod. Wants Sorry, to see wormy the maple. And, uh, the and, and you know because I have a standing desk, you know, the first thing I tested after I finished setting it up was lifting it up, going back down. No issues there at all. So just and the other thing is actually for the you know this is a gaming PC for those folks that like the LED on the back. So uh, I don't even think I've even turned it on, but the, it does have like the LED ring on the light on the back, so it can kind of light up behind the monitor if you want to. I, I don't really mess with that. Um, part of it so much but um the other thing is uh it has a cover for where the cables go and it has a pretty decent cable management system on the monitor which was important to me because like i said you know i spent a lot of time threading cables on my desk and because i don't want to see stuff Mm. all over the place um i want my desk to stand out and so the fact that the cover on the back of the stand is removable and it has like a little path for the cables to go down oh, and nice. side, and then the cover goes back in on top of it which keeps them in line really really cool but removable so you can yes. mess with it but then get it right back easily removable okay. and then there's a cover on the back of the monitor as well um that you know once you plug all the cables in you put that cover back on and then the cables come out in the middle of it into it. so very clean very clean setup which is you know i is maybe not so important for everybody but it was important for me based on you know the aesthetics of my desk and how i wanted it to look. i think everybody's at least aspirational for a clean setup start whether, out we, that way. whether we succeed and really put the work into it that's another yeah. thing i mean i got a ton of <laughs> junk on my desk right now that's making me feel uneasy it's like yeah I'm, i can't see my desk right now but uh yeah that was really cool i would tell people if you're interested in a monitor like this the one thing you should double check though because uh, it was a little bit of setup for me, um, is make sure your, your uh, video card can support the, the the recommended size of the monitor, right? Oh, okay. Because uh, so for my um, the desktop computer, the one I use for home, no problem at all. <laughs> a fun fun little side note: I was plugging it in, and the the picture looked awful, and I kept trying to <laughs> change the display to the actual. Uh, settings that is the recommended settings and it just wouldn't support it. I wouldn't see anything. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. This, And I looked up and I said, yes, this this uh, video card absolutely supports the, the size that this uh, monitor says. Long story short, what happened was I was still plugged into the KVM, which did not oh. support the size. <laughs> uh, so as soon as I plugged it out and uh, plugged it directly in, then everything was fine. And I had a beautiful picture um, going on there. But my Surface Go does not support the full size. So when I go, like if I do like the full screen all the way across, it's not as nice um, as I, I was as you would want it to be. Um, I, I I could just get an external video card if I wanted to, but rarely do I need that computer any, you know, except for I'm, if I'm doing Excel, um, which I hope never to do again, but that would be the only time where I would want to <laughs> go full screen like that, uh, for now. But, uh, it, so just double check your video card, make sure it supports the, uh, full size. It's like, uh, 5,000, uh, let me look, let me look real quick just to get the numbers. Uh, there it is. Uh, 5120 by 1440 is the recommended resolution. Oh, it said, well, okay. So it said 2560 by 1440. And that was confusing me. And that's when I said, when we started, so 5120 makes sense because that's the two yeah. side by yeah, side. Okay. Finally. Yeah. 5120 by 1440. Okay. Cause Steve and I were going back and forth trying to figure out how that was not just like some weird stretched out aspect ratio. Yeah. Um, I do want to make sure I get something right here. Um, I was, I've was i been trying to pull affiliate links for SMR, so you guys get credit if somebody buys one of these. But um, it looks like the regular Samsung G9 is not available for new, but there's the CRG9 now. Let me see which one. And it's the same price, uh, $1,119. Wow, it went down in price. Hold on. Let me look to see which specifically which is one I get. Is that the same one? And I know there's a slight difference in some of these models. Uh, being that the, uh, I guess the they changed the input. So at one point the G9 had 
two HDMI and one DisplayPort. And now the one that I have has two DisplayPort and one HDMI. Uh, so oh, the one maybe I was doing the wrong one. No, 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 no. Yeah, okay. So I got the forty-nine-inch Odyssey G nine gaming monitor. Okay, okay. I don't know what I'd hit. Yeah, so this is eleven eighty-eight sixty-four at wow. two hundred and forty hertz. Yeah, that's it. And uh, so it's actually dropped in price. It huh? did drop in price because mine when I got it was like uh, or maybe it was I think it was slightly higher, and then I went ahead and added the four-year protection to it. Um, as well, okay, they I, saw you coming, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I figured for an extra hundred bucks, what's the yeah, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, exactly. But exactly. The, well, this is this is really cool, Chris. I I find this really interesting. Um, you want do you want to send me a picture of your uh, setup on your desk? Definitely, I'll send you that because it's really cool. It's just it's just kind of something startling to see just this massive monitor sitting there chilling. On the back, and you can show off the wormy maple too. My handmade wormy maple baby hotness. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so people can find you at the uh, at smrpodcast.com and on Twitter. Where are you? Uh, you can find me at Big Chris Ashley. Um, and Rod and I just started recording uh, season two of Barbecue and Tech, so that'll be coming out soon and probably in a few weeks. uh, Barbecue and Tech coming out season two. So that's bbqntech.com. Yes. All right. Very cool. Thanks for coming on, Chris. My pleasure. I had so much fun talking to Chris. Can you tell that? I could talk to him about anything forever and always. He is just the best. Such a fun guy. Such a smart guy. Really, really uh, happy to get to know him. But that's going to wind us up for this week. Did you know you can email me at allison at podfee.com and I'll actually write back to you probably. If you have a question or a suggestion, just send it on over. You can also send in uh, specifically dumb questions. You can send in reviews, anything you want. You can follow me on Twitter. Well, actually not anything you want. I want to talk about tech. That's the only thing I want to talk about. You can also follow me on Twitter at Podfeet. If you want to join in the fun of the conversation, you can join our Slack community at podfeet.com slash Slack, where you can talk to me and all of the other lovely Nocilla castaways, even Bart. Remember, everything good starts with podfeet.com. You can support the show at podfeet.com slash Patreon or with a one-time donation at podfeet.com slash PayPal like Chris, Frank, and Klaus do. And if you want to join in the fun of the live show, head on over to podfeet.com slash live on Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific time and join the friendly and enthusiastic Nocilla Castaways. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.